What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another hour of the Andy Slater Show on this Wednesday, September 13th. We are moving right along in the NFL season. The Miami Dolphins back at practice today. We got the Miami Hurricanes making their final preparations for the Bethune-Cookman game. That is tomorrow night. So as far as Miami football goes, we got another busy week. And all of our weeks are going to be busy for the next couple of months with both of those teams in action. And for those Dolphins fans who may have plans to fly to Boston, you want to ship up to Boston this weekend for Sunday night football against the Patriots, take a look at my X feed, formerly Twitter. I've got some suggestions on there about your flight plans. You recall Hurricane Lee. Well, Hurricane Lee was never a threat to South Florida. But Hurricane Lee may be a threat or actually is a threat right now to New England. Not that Hurricane Lee is going to smash into New England, but it's a threat. And whether it is a direct hit to New England or it's just east of the New England area, there will be effects from Hurricane Lee. Sunday night football should have zero problem being played. That storm should be well to the north by Sunday night. Maybe some rain and wind still left in the Foxborough area but possibly even none of that. The problem is, I know there are many people who like traveling to Dolphins road games. It's a cool thing to do. I love going to our team's road games, and I do that quite often. I'm hoping I'll go to Milwaukee in early October. Anybody ever said that before? I'm hoping I'll go to Milwaukee. But that's where the Marlins will be if they get a wild card spot or at least the third wild card spot. In any event, I enjoy traveling to games and a lot of you enjoy traveling to games. So here's a suggestion for those of you that will be going to the game Sunday night in New England or if you know somebody that is. My suggestion, if you have a flight for Saturday would be, if you can, change it to early Friday morning. Because if you don't fly into Boston early Friday morning, there's a possibility you may not be able to get there unless you get creative going to another city and then driving or something to that extent. Saturday, it looks like the weather is going to be bad in the New England area. So flights may be getting canceled left and right. And for those of you that think Sunday, the storm will be past New England and everything will be fine. Well, you may be partially right, but I travel a lot. I know a lot about flights and airlines and all of this kind of stuff. When you have a mess on Saturday or any day, the following day, in this case on Sunday, will also be a mess because you have planes in places where they are not supposed to be 
because they couldn't get to where they wanted to go. And then you have pilots and flight attendants who are not in the right place. So just because a storm is gone, it doesn't mean, okay, my flight is going to go. Now, could it? Absolutely. But if the crew is not in, let's say, Miami or Palm Beach or Fort Lauderdale, well, then your flight's not going anywhere. And because there could be a lot of issues on Saturday in the New England area, specifically Boston, where the majority of people would fly into, that could create a problem for Sunday. So that's just my suggestion. I'm telling you what I would do if I was in that spot. The Miami Dolphins, they also have to fly to New England. They don't fly into Boston. They fly into a smaller airport right around the Boston area. Um, They're supposed to go on Saturday, and I'm not sure they're going to be able to. Now, they won't have an issue with the plane and the crew, so there is a possibility they could fly in super late on Saturday night or even early Sunday morning, the day of the game, or the Dolphins may want to just change their plan and fly in on Friday afternoon. But that would change up a little continuity of what you got going on, although this is very early in the season, so I'm not quite sure there's really a a plan that everybody is used to because you had all this time off. And yes, you just had a road game to the West Coast, but still flying in on a Friday, two days before a game, it's not like they haven't done that before. In fact, I think for a few years they were doing that. Why? I don't know. Maybe just wasting Stephen Ross's money on hotels for an extra night or something to hang out in whatever city. So let's see what happens. Hopefully, Nothing will be affected, but right now it definitely looks like travel on Saturday to New England uh, will be affected. I mentioned Milwaukee. That's where the Marlins are right now, and I'm still keeping a very close eye on the fish because that National League wildcard race, you've got a bunch of teams all in it, including the Miami Marlins, They're coming down the home stretch. They're a game and a half out. They had a wasted opportunity last night. Almost every team in the wild card race, with the exception of Cincinnati, lost last night. And I'm sure every team, the Phillies, the Diamondbacks, the Cubs, they were all thinking, gosh, we had this opportunity and we messed it up. And the Marlins are part of that group. They could have been even closer to that spot, but they lost last night. At least here on September 13th, there's still meaningful baseball games being played with our team. That's fun. Meaningful October baseball games are even more fun. But at least we've got meaningful September baseball right now. If you tuned in yesterday... It was a full day of aftershocks, not earthquakes, but aftershocks. The news around the National Football League about Aaron Rodgers' injury, everybody talking about the implications of Rodgers being out for the season after just four snaps, the implications for the Jets, for the conference, for the Dolphins, for the Super Bowl. It's very rare that an injury that happens to 
not your team would have such a seismic reaction in your city and all across the country. But when it's a star and a four-time MVP and he goes to a really good team and then gets hurt after four snaps, you're going to have that kind of reaction. Just wild. Now, I know the focus for the Miami Dolphins is on the New England Patriots and their game on Sunday night, but I'm also sure the players and coaches privately have discussed Aaron Rodgers' injury and what's going to be with the New York Jets. Plenty. Text messages, phone calls, in-person convos. You know how that goes. Saying something publicly is one thing. Privately, a lot of private conversations, and that's fine. We're allowed to have private conversations. Although if you talk to some people, nothing's allowed to be private anymore. Or whatever is said in private, oh, it's got to be public. Whatever. So I got a lot to get to on this Wednesday afternoon. I will not be with you tomorrow. It's an off day for me on a Thursday. I'll be back on Friday, though, getting ready for another football weekend and to hopefully recap a 72 to nothing. Actually, I'll give him a field goal. 72 to 3 Kane's victory over Bethune Cookman. That would definitely cover the spread for the Canes. Speaking of covering the spread, I hope you're part of my 14th annual football pick'em challenge. If you're not, go to my site, slaterscoops.com, get your picks in. I just put my picks in a little while ago. If you've got the most winners against the spread for the week, you're going to get a $100 gift card to Joe Stone Crab in Miami Beach. And if you have the most winners against the spread after 18 weeks of football, you and a guest will fly away to Costa Rica, all thanks to the Costa Rica dental team. So head on over to slaterscoops.com to be part of my 14th annual football pick'em challenge. I want to talk about the Dolphins. I want to talk about the Canes. I want to talk about the Marlins. I want to talk about everything. And I'm doing the show here yet again this afternoon from Medellin. So I could also talk about the views here. There's so much to discuss, but I can't get to any of it until this hour officially begins. It's time to shuffle up and deal. I think Tua and Tyreek are getting a little shortchanged. And that's because of the Aaron Rodgers story. You look at the national conversation. I'm sure a lot of you do that. I don't watch national TV shows. I don't listen to national shows. But I've got social media and I see clips. Not that I watch the clips. But I see, okay, here's a video you can hit play. And it's got words on top. And I see those words and I know what is being discussed. And the national conversation over the past couple of days, you know what it should have been? And what it would have been if Aaron Rodgers didn't go down? It would have been all about the Dolphins' dynamic passing offense. Let me put it this way. The Miami Dolphins played on Sunday by far 
the most compelling and closest and most interesting game in the entire week one schedule. The Dolphins game, that was the talker game. Early Monday, people pivoted because there was still Monday night football to be played. You've got the arrival of Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. This was one of the most highly anticipated storylines in the entire league. It was a summer of hype. There was hard knocks. There was so much. So it was a day all about the Jets. But then Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, and that dominates the conversation. And lost amidst all of that was how Tyreek Hill had 11 catches for 215 yards and two touchdowns. And the guy throwing him the football to a tongue of Iloa had over 450 yards. That combination, it's nuts. Those two together are lethal. And they are just getting started this season. The great thing about having two guys who are the man at wide receiver as the Dolphins do, it's that you cannot cover both of them the way you would cover a superstar. The Dolphins have two of those at wide out. If you only have one, well, the defense is going to be all over that star, but the Dolphins have two. What's Bill Belichick going to do on Sunday night? I fully expect Bill Belichick and the Patriots to have a great game plan against Tyreek Hill. Because when you think of Tyreek and Jalen, you think, and you're probably right, Tyreek, he's the best in the league. He's better than Jalen Waddle. If he's the best in the league, then he's better than anybody else on your roster. So you got to focus more on Tyreek than Jalen. I can't imagine there will be much one-on-one against Tyreek Hill. So the good thing for the Dolphins is when you've got Tyreek and Jalen, they will overplay Tyreek. And then what does that do? That opens up huge opportunities for Jalen Waddell. Jalen Waddle's going to have major opportunities Sunday night. That's the way I see it. I expect Jalen to ball out on Sunday night. And then the following week, team see the video. It's not like they don't already know this. But when you see video, if what I'm saying happens and then Jalen balls out, now we got to focus on Jalen too, like a little bit more because they're using him a little bit less on Tyreek, and then the next game, Tua takes full advantage of Tyreek Hill. This is such such an advantage for the Miami Dolphins by having both of these guys. It's almost like it was a couple of years ago on the defensive side with Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. When Byron wanted to play, Byron signed that big deal. Great deal, Chris Greer. He signed that big deal, and nobody wanted to throw his way. They were all throwing the way of Xavier, and Xavier took advantage of that. Teams overplay it one way or the other. But if you don't have somebody on the other side just as good, well, then it's going to work. But if you do, it's very hard to go up against. 
I I really do think that Waddle's going to go off Sunday night. I do still think that Tyreek will get his share. Not 215 yards, but even if you're covering him better than the Chargers did, it's impossible to fully cover the guy. So while I do think there will be more Jalen Waddle, this will be like his game, Tyreek is still going to have a fantastic performance because he's Tyreek Hill. No matter what you do, he's Tyreek Hill. No matter what you do, you're not taking Tyreek Hill out of that game. Isn't it so nice to not have the conversation anymore or wonder anymore or ask the question anymore? Oh, can Tua throw the football? Can he throw the deep ball? Can he be accurate? Can he be an NFL quarterback? Gosh, remember all those questions? I bring them up right now because that's all that was being asked for two to three years. Now, you only hear that as an example of what was asked in the past. That is not asked anymore. Two has always been a polarizing guy for whatever reason. He tries to be a private individual, but he's a lightning rod for a conversation. And he's dang good. The only question you could have towards him right now is can he stay healthy? That is a fair question. Everything else, there's no there's no more questions. Now we saw him on Sunday, he stayed healthy, but he wasn't sacked. And when he's not sacked, he looks all world. It was a bit of a surprise to see Tua not touched on Sunday. Not only because the Dolphins offensive line is not healthy, Teron Armstead wasn't in there, but the Chargers have one of the flying Boza brothers. So it was very impressive what the Dolphins' O-line did and how Tua avoided getting hit. But the question will remain out there until we do see him get hit, and we know that's going to happen. Until that happens, that question will remain. Just like the question was out there about can Tua play football, can he throw the deep ball, and all of that. The question was out there until we saw it. And we, we've seen it consistently. And then once we see Tua get hit and go down and get right back up and throw touchdowns and not interceptions after he gets hit, I think those questions will be gone. I remember the Dolphins tweeting out videos the summer before last season and there was a pass in there where he underthrew Tyreek and all the commentary, oh my gosh, you know, what a noodle arm. Do I think Tua needs to be a little bit smarter with some of his passes? Sure. He's not perfect, but my gosh. When you talk about accuracy, nobody's going to be perfect. Nobody's going to be 100%. When he throws a ball, and he is so focused in on where that ball is going and hits Tyreek in stride like we saw on Sunday, there's not a lot of quarterbacks that could do it better than him. He's shown enough to where people have to recognize that he is a really good QB. Is he as good as Mahomes or Burrow or Justin Herbert? You can debate that. But he's absolutely in the convo of, being one of the best quarterbacks in the AFC. And he and Tyreek, they're definitely in the convo for the best duo. 
You might say Burrow and Chase, but those two are absolutely in that conversation. There were three throws of his that I just can't get out of my mind. The 35-yard TD to Tyreek, which Mike McDaniel called his favorite of the day, where it was his first throw after throwing a pick and the defense getting a stop. That was a high-character throw. That's why I like that one. I mean, that was stupid by the Chargers coming out, but that's just the Chargers. You still got to take advantage of it. The second one that really sticks out when he threw it, I thought this might have been the best pass I've ever seen him throw as a Dolphin. It was third and 10 on the last drive. Tua was back in the pocket. He steps up. He runs forward. And then he just heaves that 50-yarder down the field right into the bucket for Tyreek. Fantastic, accurate throw. That's the one where you do a double take. That was such a high-pressure situation. He just throws a dart. And then the third one was the game winner. We always hear, and Mike McDaniel talks about this a lot, to his elite accuracy and precision, that one throw to Tyreek, he didn't have a window. He created one. It was a perfect ball. I have no idea how he fit it in over the defensive player's head. Just perfection. So you take those throws, all high pressure, on the second half, on the road, going up against a playoff caliber team, those are just money passes. And more than anything else from week one with the Miami Dolphins, we were reminded of Tua's ability to make those kind of throws, particularly to Tyreek Hill. And if Aaron Rodgers did not go down on Monday Night Football, Tua and Tyreek would be the number one conversation in the National Football League, everywhere. Just like the conversation in North Miami Beach is about the gorgeous... That you'll find at Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club. Dean's Gold is the ultimate gentleman's club for a reason. That's because the beautiful ladies that you'll be surrounded by, they come from all over the world. So many different countries are represented at Dean's Gold. You will have yourself an incredible Wednesday night or even early Thursday morning. That's because Dean's Gold is open every single day from 8 p.m., all the way until 6 a.m. Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club, is located on the northeast corner of Northeast 163rd Street and Biscayne Boulevard that's in North Miami Beach. Have yourself a great Wednesday night, early Thursday morning. You could be entertained by watching games. You'll be entertained during the commercials. Have your own halftime show, whatever it may be. Surround yourself with beautiful women who come from all over the world. There's only one place in South Florida you could do that. It is the ultimate gentleman's club, Dean's Gold. I hope to see you guys Tuesday night. That is next Tuesday, September 19th, at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood for the Slater Scoops Poker Tournament. Cards will be in the air at 6 p.m. You could register until 8.55 p.m., to be exact, $10,000, the minimum amount of money that'll be in the prize pool, and it's only 150 bucks to buy in, and you get to play poker with me. I'll be doing the show Tuesday from the poker room at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, and then playing cards at 6 p.m., and if you get out of work late, kind of a boss you got, but it's okay. 
You could get there until 8.55 p.m. and register. $10,000 guaranteed in the prize pool. I hope to see you out there. This coming Tuesday night, that is September 19th, the Slater Scoops Poker Tournament at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, right inside the poker room. I don't know if Vic Fangio was playing poker with his uh, play calling on Sunday, but he probably didn't have a very relaxing uh, Monday, not after that defensive performance. It was a win, and in the fourth quarter, the last possession after the grounding call, the defensive line made two great plays, and really that's all that was required. But Sunday night, New England, that defense needs to do a lot more. I don't know if it was just first game jitters or was it, all right, we got a new coordinator and a new system, we got to get used to this. I'm not sure. But I am sure that the Chargers, from what I saw and what we all saw, were able to run, run, and run, and then run even more. They gashed the Dolphins' D time and again, and the Dolphins had no pushback against the run. So where do you think Bill Belichick is going to attack first on Sunday night? First of all, the Patriots' wide receivers are not good. Secondly, Mac Jones isn't that good. So Bill Belichick has to know, okay, we got some passing game issues. And then I just saw what the Dolphins did defensively against the Chargers with the run. They couldn't stop it. So, yeah, we're going to run. So I would imagine that New England goes into that game Sunday night with a mindset of we are going to run and run and run and run until the Dolphins can stop us. So far, that defense hasn't proven they can stop anyone. So we'll just pound it and pound it and pound it until they could stop it. The other thing is, as teams around the league get ready to face Miami and they see how explosive the Dolphins' offense is, particularly with Tyreek, you know other coaches are going to say, all right, how do we stop Tyreek? We got to keep the ball out of the Dolphins' hands. That means let's milk the clock. Let's run the ball. Let's have some longer drives. Let's get that time of possession. Because when the Dolphins offense has it, they're simply too dangerous. That's why I didn't understand what the Chargers were doing, I mean, so many times. But on their one of their final drives with like nine and a half minutes to go, they're running the ball so well, though. They're milking the clock. And then they get to midfield and they just start throwing. And I'm like, well, that's stupid. I mean, you're doing so well running the ball and you're milking the clock where you could score and give the Dolphins barely any time. And, oh, yeah, we'll just start throwing the ball. We'll, we'll go no huddle and we'll throw it. And, I mean, that was just stupid. And then the Dolphins took advantage of it. Bill Belichick. It's a smart individual. He knows what the Miami Dolphins offense is going to bring to the field and what he's going to have to do to try his best for that offense not to be on the field too much. When you think of Tua and Tyreek, or when I think of Tua and Tyreek, it just reminds me of the days of Marino and the Marks brothers. Now, I'm not saying Tua is as good as Marino 
and I'm not saying either Mark was as good as Tyreek. But just having that fun passing attack, when you've got two guys, one on each side of the field, putting fear into the other team, that's fun. You think about what goes on in those meetings, not only for the Chargers, but now for the Patriots that they've seen the week one game between Miami and L.A., So a a Patriots meeting before that game on Sunday when they have their meetings during the week, you got to be thinking, how how are we going to stop these guys? And that's fun. That's fun to think about. Not if you're the Patriots, but if you're with the Dolphins that this other team is thinking that, or if you're a Dolphins fan, that's great that the other team has got to fear some of your players. I'll get much more into what the Dolphins or shall I say the Patriots will be facing because I don't know if the Dolphins will be facing a lot, maybe facing Bill Belichick and pounding the football, which hopefully Miami will be able to stop. And I'll get more into the Dolphins-Patriots matchup for Sunday night. I'll do that on Friday. Just another quick reminder, I will not be here tomorrow, uh, but on Friday I will. And I'll be recapping the Canes. Before I recap the Canes on Friday, here on this Wednesday, I want to preview their game coming up tomorrow, and I'll do that in just a moment. What you could do this week and every week, head on over to Gulfstream Park and have yourself a great time. The Sunshine Meet is going on right now at Gulfstream Park, live racing every single week. And when I go to Gulfstream, you could do the same exact thing that I do. I go to their trackside restaurant, Ten Palms. The AC is kicking inside their trackside restaurant. You get yourself a table, have a fantastic meal. The food is really good at Gulfstream. You watch the races live right in front of you. And of course, you could wager on them. Heck, you could bet as little as 10 or 20 cents and possibly make thousands of dollars. I see it happen all of the time. Head on out to Gulfstream Park live racing every single week right now during their sunshine meet. And if you can't make it out to Goldstream, you could download the First Bet app. The First Bet app is the official wagering app of Goldstream Park. Mario Cristobal won't admit it, which is fine. The Canes can't say it, but I can. The Miami Hurricanes have a cupcake game tomorrow night. It's a short week, which is always a challenge, but... The opponent, Bethune-Cookman, they're not on the University of Miami's level. We all know that. So UM has a chance to have some fun tomorrow night. Get a win at home, under the lights, and put it to your opponent. Miami is a program that is arriving. They have not arrived yet. They're arriving. So they're not a team that can afford to let their guard down or play down to the competition. That's a luxury that UM has not earned. If Alabama wants to have a stinker, okay, Saban has built a program. For the Canes, this game is about setting a standard, meaning this is the level we are going to play always. It doesn't matter who we're playing. It doesn't matter where we're playing. This is how the University of Miami football team plays. Last year, we didn't see that at all. Instead, we saw lesser teams come into Hard Rock with no fear of Miami, and the Canes gave them nothing to be afraid of. So the Canes' first game of the year, 
against Miami of Ohio, they ran for 250. The second game of the year against AM, Tyler Van Dyke, 300 plus yards and five TDs. Which team will we see tomorrow night at Hard Rock Stadium? It should be one that puts up 60 plus points. The Canes should put up some big numbers, just like you guys should be putting up some big numbers in your bank account. But maybe you're not, and you're like, when am I ever going to be able to retire? Contact Trajan Wealth, because Trajan Wealth will get you on the right track. Maybe you think you're on the right track right now, but it will cost you nothing to set up a meeting with Trajan Wealth. You want to travel more like you did during the summer? You want to think about getting away, retiring early? Trajan Wealth will design a plan based around your goals which is the most important thing. And Trajan Wealth, they're located locally in Palm Beach. Again, it's going to cost you nothing to set up a meeting with Trajan Wealth. So why wouldn't you? Visit TrajanWealth.com. That's TrajanWealth.com. Or call them at 561-390-1000. Advisory services are offered through Trajan Wealth LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. And this is a paid advertisement. Here on this Wednesday, Lieutenant Camacho from the Florida Highway Patrol is with us on the Andy Slater Show. Lieutenant, it's only one week, uh, but it's football season. Is it too early for the Florida Highway Patrol to start planning parade routes? It's too early, too early. So, uh, but but uh, it's a good start at least for not only them for uh, a good start for uh, a good weekend for South Florida sports overall. I think. All right. What about after this Sunday night when the Dolphins beat the Patriots? I mean, when do the parade route uh, plans start? It's got to start sometime soon. I think once the uh, experts kind of weigh in and see that there's a uh, you know and there's an obviously enough time to plan it, but uh, at least we got to get a couple wins under the belt, I think, and then we'll maybe. Uh, at least have like a Zoom meeting about it for a potential route and all that. I want to be in on that <laughs> Zoom. I need the scoop on what's going on with the Dolphins parade plans. Yes. Uh, Lieutenant, uh, you, you guys do a lot of, um, it's I guess called off-duty work, off-duty assignments, where people are driving at night and there's a trooper's car on the side of the road with the lights on. I mention mm-hmm. this because I tweeted out a quick story earlier last week about a Monroe County Sheriff's deputy who was fired for allegedly falsifying a timesheet and stealing $440. How does that work with you guys? Is it based on the honor system? No, <laughs> no, it's not. Definitely not. Uh, no, stealing time is a serious. Uh, it's a serious offense, as you can see. Uh, and we have to normally we we have to uh, bill our you know for the hours that are worked for these types of projects. It's it's crucial to have officers for this off duty or secondary employment, whatever you want to call it. But when there's a major construction going on, you typically see a lot of cones with the roadway kind of semi shut down. And then for the safety of the of the traffic to see that closure and for the safety of the crews working, a lot of times the Department of Transportation will mandate that there are officers present at those construction sites just for the overall safety and, and uh, efficiency of the traffic flow. But when it comes to the, the time sheet portion of it, it's like anything else. Andy, you, have, you know, you, you, you have to uh, claim the time you were there. And not only that, you, you're claiming something but 
everything is also monitored by our by our uh, communication centers or our dispatch centers we have to uh log in all of the information what time we start what time we finish uh the mileage on our vehicles i mean there's so many so much information that goes into this we have to turn in so many forms at the end of the month to verify uh that everything is correct so um no definitely not an honor system uh this is serious you know it, it, anything that involves kind of compensation uh, monetary compensation is always going to be serious but when you're falsifying timesheets there's really zero tolerance on that and, and, and as you can see that that deputy was arrested when you interviewed for the florida highway patrol job and i mean you interviewed i guess they had a long process you trained and everything and then you were a trooper right. to start but did it ever I, I don't know did it ever cross your mind not that you'd probably admit this but 10 months on the job because that's what this woman was 10 months on the job, I'm going to try to make an extra $440, allegedly. Yeah, I mean, think about that. Was those 400 whatever dollars, it's, it cost her her career. And that's what I always thought about. I always thought about, uh, you know, my, my career. It's or it's, it's the same thing as somebody, uh, which doesn't really happen, but if somebody was crazy enough to offer you like a bribe on the side of the road and, and you actually accept it, I mean, it, it, I think those things are just um, you have to be really kind of crazy to, to, to think about doing anything like that because it'll ultimately cost you your career, which I personally fought so hard to obtain. I mean, I made sure I kept my arrest record clean. My credit history was good. I went through the academy. I went through all these things. I left my, house, my, my, my family behind for seven months and I came back and I was willing to relocate anywhere in the state. And now just to let that go for a couple hundred bucks, I think is absurd. I think it's crazy, but that's me talking and that's uh, you know, like everything else, most of the officers or troopers uh, have that same mindset that I have. But like everything else, there's going to be a small percentage, any that just kind of find themselves in a situation where they see a possibility or, or they're in need of something and they might not, you know, think it through. properly. We see a lot of videos, TikTok, all over social media. And sometimes you wonder, what is this law enforcement officer thinking? You bring up credit history and everything like that. So when when officers or potential officers are getting interviewed for the job, like mm -hmm. how vigorous of a process is that where they'll think, all right, this guy or this woman is not going to try to steal four hundred and forty dollars or they're not going to want to do something like this. Well, they look for a lot of things, Andy. It's the initial application, which is a series of you know hundreds of questions that will be verified the way you answered them, whether it's through a previous employer or your credit history or uh, your arrest history, or uh, they come out, they talk to your neighbors. There's so many ways that go, there's so many things that go into the background uh, application process for becoming a trooper before you even get a, a consideration to say, okay, you know what, we're going to hire you now and we're going to send you to the academy. Uh, uh, there's the polygraph examination, the psychological evaluation. They come out, they talk to your neighbors. Uh, like I said, the credit history, your arrest report, uh, history, you have to get your, your court uh, documents for the last, uh, I don't know, 10 years, I think, to see how many, if you got any traffic tickets. So many things like that. And if there's just one discrepancy on your application, like a simple question that you might have just, uh, you know, answered mistakenly, it can it can disqualify you uh, for something so silly. Because if there's any sign of a potential for dishonesty at the very root of an application at the beginning, then they automatically, they're going to think that there will, you know, history will tend to repeat itself. And this person might down the line might uh, not be uh, honest again. And, and they see, that's how they, that's how they see a potential for that. So that's how they kind of vet these applicants and, and even consider hiring them. See, after all of that in this discussion, I was going to tell everyone in the audience to go to be a trooper.com, but I think we just eliminated 95% <laughs> of them. 
no, no, I'm just no man, don't I'm say just that. Kidding. No, I'm, don't I'm say that. Kidding. I think <laughs> I think most of your listeners are overall good people. And we are. are hiring. We're always hiring. So I think um, and 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 honestly, I'll never forget the uh, the uh, background. Um, uh, the person that did my my uh, polygraph examination, he told me, "Listen, we're not looking for perfect people. You know, we're looking for honest." people and that really stuck to me and it made a lot of sense because mm-hmm. nobody really is perfect everybody was a you know 12 years old 13 years old 14 years old at one point and we all did kind of silly things but it's not going to cost you your job just be honest about it and that stuck to me and that's what i kind of i've kind of always gone by lieutenant camacho with the florida highway patrol with us here on the andy slater show uh one other thing i wanted to get to we probably brought this up months ago when the former florida panthers head coach andrew brunette was arrested for dui on a golf cart I saw this happen again. It wasn't an NHL coach. It was just a 20-year-old in uh, Key West. The guy got stopped on his golf cart. Apparently, Lieutenant, the authorities found a bunch of open bottles of alcoholic beverages in the golf cart, and the roof was dented and bent, and the windshield was missing, and the front wheels were damaged. Um, When you see a golf cart or a car like that, is that going to start um, setting alarms off in your head? If somebody is certainly driving with that type of driving behavior that sets off alarms for uh, potentially being impaired, of course. Uh, the, I think, the honestly, the misconception out there, Andy, is that uh, the rules kind of don't apply or the laws kind of don't apply to uh, these golf carts or Actually, but by statute, they're called low-speed vehicles. The golf carts are converted, and why they're called low-speed vehicles by statute is because they have to be uh, in compliance with laws, right? With traffic laws, they have to have headlights. They have to have windshields. They have to have uh, exterior uh, mirrors on both sides and the rear view. They have to be titled, registered, tagged, all that good stuff. So all of the laws apply to them and to include uh, impaired driving laws. So just a reminder for anybody out there, and, and typically... Uh, Andy, hopefully I don't run into these on the highway because these are only allowed in areas where most speed limit is 35 miles an hour or less. Although we have seen them, I think once upon a time we saw a golf cart jump onto uh, I-95 for a moment and our troopers uh, were yeah. intercepted. But uh, typically uh, these are kind of uh, for private community area where the speed or residential areas where the speed limit is uh, 35 or less. Yeah. But just a reminder, the same laws apply out there. It's a good thing you guys don't patrol golf courses. I mean, no, nobody would be allowed <laughs> on the golf course anymore. My gosh. With these rules. <laughs> Lieutenant Camacho. Lieutenant Camacho with the Florida Highway Patrol. I appreciate the time as always. Stay safe out there. And uh, next Wednesday when we talk, I, I want I want that Zoom info for the uh, Dolphins parade planning. You got it. You got it. All right, Andy. Good talking to you. Take care. Lieutenant Camacho with the Florida Highway Patrol. All right. That's all the time I got for this Wednesday afternoon. I'm off tomorrow. I'll be back with you on Friday. For now, I'm Andy Slater, and I'll see you later.